Welcome in to the first ever episode of the Woo Pig Weekly Podcast, a weekly source for all things Arkansas Razorbacks. We'll cover everything from Arkansas football, basketball, baseball, women's basketball, and everything Arkansas Razorback sports. I'm your host, Caleb, a University of Arkansas alumni and huge Arkansas Razorback fans. Let's jump right in with some college football news from week nine, where Arkansas beat Auburn 41 to 27. Arkansas put up 520 yards of total offense, where KJ had another great game, where he went 16 of 24 for 234 yards, one touchdown, and he also had 10 carries for 45 yards and two touchdowns. Rocket Sanders had 16 carries for 171 yards, where he averaged 10.7 yards per carry and had a long rush of 76 yards. With this game, Rocket went over 1,000 yards for the season after just eight games being played this season. He averages 130.1 rushing yards per game, which is first in the SEC. He averages 6.67 yards per attempt, which is second in the SEC. He has a total of 1,041 yards on the season, which is first in the SEC as well. Let's talk about some other notable offensive performances from the game. Matt Landers had another 100-yard receiving game where he had four receptions for 115 yards. Wide receiver Jaden Hazelwood had five receptions for 61 yards and one touchdown. Freshman running back Rashad DeBinion had five carries for 11 yards and two touchdowns. When we flip over to the defensive side of the ball, Arkansas's defensive performances by Latavius Brini and Dwight McLeathern led the team in tackles with seven each. This was a great game for Arkansas to bounce back in SEC play after getting a non-conference win against BYU. And they come back home against Liberty next week. But we'll discuss that later later on in this podcast. Let's go over some other news and scores from around the SEC. So Georgia took care of Florida 42-20. to Pulling the upset, Missouri beat South Carolina 23-10. to I don't think anyone saw that coming. Tennessee ended up beating Kentucky 44-6. For Kentucky, just looked like they couldn't get anything going offensively and just couldn't handle Tennessee's high offense that they just put up a lot of points. And then we have Old Miss with a night, night game where they barely edged Texas A&M 31-28. All right, now let's jump into a week recap for other Arkansas sports, where on Monday, Arkansas men's basketball took on Rogers State, where they had a lopsided win where the Hogs won 83-49. to The starting five for this game going in was Anthony Black, Nick Smith Jr., Jordan Walsh, Jalen Graham, and Trevin Brazil. When we start looking at minutes for our starters, you know, Anthony Black had 22 minutes. Nick Smith Jr. played 20 minutes. Jordan Walsh played 23 minutes. Jalen Graham played 12 minutes. And Trevin Brazil played for 23 minutes. When we look at other key minutes played, Ricky Council played for 20 minutes. Devo Davis had 18 minutes. And Joseph Pinion had 14 minutes. During this game, it was a highly intriguing game as I know a lot of Arkansas fans were looking forward to seeing what this team looked like on the court versus an opponent that wasn't themselves as we've only been able to see the red-white scrimmage game and clips from practice. During this game, Arkansas shot 60% from field goal range, 39% from the three-point range, and had a free throw percentage of 54%. When we look at scoring, Joseph Pinion led all scores with 15 points where when he came off the bench, he went four of six from three-pointers, which was 66%. 
Trevor, followed by Trevor in Brazil with 11 points, and Nick Smith, Smith Jr. had 9 points. Jordan Walsh led all players in rebounding with 7, followed by Trevor in Brazil with 4. This was definitely a game where you could tell this was the first game of the season with it being an exhibition game where Arkansas had a few things they needed to work on, but overall a great first performance for the Hogs in the exhibition game, getting much-needed time to play with each other and start to gel together as the season approaches. Anthony Blatt during this game had an amazing play where he posterized one of the Roger State players, which ended up being a Center top 10 play coming in at number 8. When we move on to other sporting news, Arkansas Lady Razorback soccer team beat Kentucky 6-0. In this game, Arkansas started off scoring early and often. Our first goal was by Mackenzie Mallon, followed up by a second goal by Ava Tankersley. Then our third goal was by Zoe Susie, and the fourth goal was Anna Pogil. Our fifth goal was Jessica Filippo. And our final goal was Ava Tinkersley. This was the last game of the regular season, and Arkansas finished the regular season 11-3 with 6-2 in the SEC, where they secured the fourth seed in the SEC tournament that will begin on November 1st in Pensacola, Florida, where Arkansas will take on Vandy at 7-30. And during this week, uh, Ella Riley was awarded the SEC Freshman of the Week. Then we're going to move on to some more Arkansas men's basketball news where Saturday after the football game where Auburn, where Arkansas beat Auburn, they took on Texas in Austin in the new Moody Center where this was a tough game for Arkansas where they played a team that is also ranked in the preseason top 10 or top 20. And the Hogs ended up losing this one 90 to 60 where the starting five for this game, the Hogs started Nick Smith Jr., Anthony Black, Jordan Walsh and Trevin Brazil and Jalen Graham. Nick Smith Jr. played 28 minutes. Anthony Black played 17 minutes. Jordan Walsh played 25 minutes. Trevin Brazil played 15 minutes. And Jalen Graham played 6 minutes. When we look at other key minutes that Arkansas Razorback players played, Ricky Council played 21 minutes. Devo Davis played 20 minutes. Makai Mitchell played 17. And Joseph Pinion, 13. This game was a lot different shooting game for Arkansas where they just weren't shooting the ball as well. You know, they shot 40% from field goal range, 33% from field goal or three-point range, excuse me, and then 69.6% from free throw. This was a very you know, sloppy game for the Hogs where they had 23 turnovers. However, they're only out-rebounded in total by the Texas Longhorns, 33-32. to 32. When we start looking at the score distribution for this game, Jordan Walsh was our leading scorer with 14 points, followed by Nick Smith Jr. with 12. Makai Mitchell pitched in 8 points, Joseph Pinion had 7, and Kamani Johnson had 6. Kamani Johnson also led our team in rebounding with 6, followed by Walsh with 5. So this was definitely an eye-opening game for the Razorbacks, as as we all know, they're, they're a super talented team, a lot of expectations going into the season, and for them to come out and just, you know, Get beat by 30 is not what you want to see out of a highly touted, highly talented game and basketball team that we all know will be in March Madness come March. 
However, I think this game, you know, will be good for the Razorbacks in the long run where it gives them idea and shown that even though they're a super talented team, that they can still be beat. I think it's good that this loss comes in exhibition play where it doesn't count towards the regular season record and the Hawks can come back, regroup, and get ready for the season opener on November 7th versus North Dakota State where it'll be a good game for them to get started and get the regular season kicked off. Against a lower-tier opponent, they can get the season hopefully started off with a win. We'll talk about that here in a little bit as we preview that game. On this next segment of the podcast, we're going to take a look at a preview of Arkansas versus Liberty on Saturday, November 5th, 2022 at 3 p.m. So when we start looking at and talking about the Liberty Flames, they come into this game with a 7-1 record. You start looking at their schedule and who they played. They have a notable win of 41-14 over BYU. And they had a very close notable loss versus 19th ranked Wake Forest, where they lost 37-36. to when you start looking at Liberty, they come in with that 7-1 record. However, that could be a little deceiving because their big two opponents that they've played this year has been BYU and Wake Forest. Not to discredit their 7-1 record, they still haven't played some high-level opponents like Arkansas has played. And, you know, of course, when you play in the SEC, you're playing the best of the best week in and week out. And it just it's a different level of play when you look at it compared to other conferences and what they do the spread for this game started out at arkansas 14 favored by 14 when the uh spreads and lines started coming out and it slowly moved to 13 and a half arkansas so when you start looking at liberty and you know what kind of offense they run and they they average 420.9 yards a game of offense it's evenly distributed 226.1 yards of passing, and 194.8 yards of rushing. When you flip to the defensive side of the ball, Liberty allows an average of 330.3 yards per game, 207 passing, 123.3 rushing. When we start looking at their offense and start breaking down some of their key players, first take a look at their running back, Day Day Hunter, who averages 6.8 yards per carry and has eight touchdowns on the season. When you look at their quarterback, the, the guy under center, Jonathan Bennett. On the season so far, he has eight touchdowns and seven interceptions, where he averages a 57.5 completion percentage with seven yards per attempt. As a far as a receiving threat, you got to look at Demario Davis, their leading receiver, who has 42 receptions for 615 yards and five touchdowns this season. So when you start looking at matchups, you know, one thing that you can look at is Arkansas secondary has definitely been the weak point this season. You know, it's out there. Everybody knows it. There's no covering that up. So I think you got to work with, you know, your strong point, your front seven. So I think our defensive line and linebackers can definitely be dominant and win the battle down in the trenches, you know, where we can just out-athlete, you know, some of these guys. As I stated earlier, we play in the SEC. We have highly talented, highly talented athletes that, you know, are just – can be more physical and push guys around more than probably what I would say Liberty would be used to. And then on the offensive side of the ball, I think we'll keep up our strong rushing performance where I, I think Rocket will have another good game where he'll you'll be able to just run all over the field. You know, I can easily see him for going for at least 120 yards, I think, and, you know, maybe a touchdown or two. And then I think KJ, again, will spread on the ball as he's solely the season got 
more and more comfortable with throwing the ball, staying in the pocket, and, you know, building rapport with his receivers. And I think we'll see another good game from Matt Landers and Jaden Hazelwood. And then I think you'll also see some other good performances from running backs A.J. Green and Rashad Dabinian. I've said all year I think we need to get Rashad Dabinian the ball more, and they definitely did that in our win against Auburn where, you know, he got five carries, but he scored two touchdowns, and they gave it to him in the red zone position. And so that tells me that, you know, Coach Sam Pittman has a lot of trust on this guy, you know, to give him the ball in the in the red zone in a key spot to let him battle and get those scores to help the Hogs come out on top. And then we saw just at the tail end some playing time from Malik Hornsby, where he came in and finished out the game for Arkansas, where we pulled KJ just to – you know, we'd already had the win in the bag, so we didn't want to risk, you know, KJ to getting hurt again as we know he'd, he'd been injured and missed the Mississippi State game with concussion-like symptoms after our loss against Alabama. So I think this, this weekend from Liberty, it could be a close game. Um, I know we had a close game with Missouri State earlier this season, but I think if we come out and focused and ready to play, that we'll be able to come out, perform like we want to, have a good game, and be able to cover that spread, take care of business like Arkansas should against a non-conference opponent, and get a good groove as we get ready to welcome in the LSU Tigers next week at, for another conference matchup um, as we start winding down the season where we, we're in this last home stretch where if we get this win against Liberty, the Hogs will become bowl eligible, which is a great thing for the Hogs after you know the terrible – era of Chad Morris that we had where two seasons we won two games. Um, so it's a refreshing take to see the Hogs hopefully getting both eligible for two seasons in a row after just years of almost mediocrity from our coaching staff that was here. So again, I think Arkansas come out, take care of business, and beat Liberty this Saturday to go to 6-3. and three on the season. Next up, we're going to preview a few other upcoming events coming up this next week. You have Arkansas women's basketball taking on the University of Arkansas Fort Smith on November 2nd for a exhibition game. You have women's volleyball versus South Carolina on November 2nd. And then next week, Arkansas men's basketball is going to open up its season with its first game, home game tipping off versus North Dakota State on November 7th. Coming up next on the Woo Pig Weekly Podcast, we have a special guest joining us to talk about his playing career and his professional career. He played football for the Arkansas Razorbacks from 2010 to 2013. In 2012, he played in every game, had 21 receptions for 304 yards and two touchdowns. He was signed by the San Diego Chargers as an undrafted free agent in 2014. He stayed with San Diego from 2014 to 2016, and then he had a brief stint with the Dallas Cowboys in 2017. Everyone, please welcome former Ridgeback wide receiver, Javante Herndon. Everyone on listening to this Big Weekly podcast, we're welcoming in Javante Herndon, former Ridgeback wide receiver. So let's start with you personally, Javante. You played from Arkansas from 2010 to 13. After your playing career and your professional career, what, what are you up to nowadays? Well, I, I work in finance um, in San Diego. Uh, my wife is from here. Um, got a little boy now. He's four months old. So. My uh, twin brother, my wife is also out here. My mom works in finance with me. Uh, 
just hanging out in San Diego pretty much. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Congratulations on your, your, your new son. That's awesome. And so diving in a little bit. So you played for Bobby Petrino from 2010 to 11 and then John L in 2012 and then Bielema in 2013. So can you go a little bit into what your recruiting process was like before you got to the university? <laughs> I feel like you already know some of it. Um, thank you, by the way. Uh, my little boy, uh, his name is Jordan. Uh, he's sick right now. He has a cold. So thank you for uh, rescheduling with me. Um, recruiting process was weird. Um, I always tell myself I'm, I could literally write a book or a movie about how crazy my recruiting process was. Arkansas, uh, kid you not, was probably the first school that sent me Mel, you know how you used to get mail in high school from recruiting uh, schools? Yeah. Uh, first school to recruit me, uh, the last school to offer me is what I, how I tell people my recruiting process was. I didn't get offered until signing day. Uh, uh, I went to a private school. So we had first and second period. Then we had this activities period. Um, after second period, it was like it's like a 25-minute period that we usually have a signing day for. Um, and I honestly didn't know what I was going to do. Um, Going into that morning, um, I had the letter of intent to go to Liberty if I chose to do so, uh, which I honestly was considering. I also was waiting on Illinois to send me letter of, my, the letter of intent paperwork. Um, they never sent it, or I probably would have went to Illinois as well. But uh, I was taking a, uh, an English test, second period, our dean of students, who was also one of our football coaches. He pulled me out of class and said, I need to speak with you um, as soon as possible. And uh, of course, I thought I was in trouble. My uh, English teacher wasn't having it. She she threw a fit. Like, he's taking a test right now. That's not okay. Um, went into his office and I spoke with, uh, who did I speak with first? I think Antoine Sharp. He graduated from my high school. Uh, then I spoke with, I want to say, McGee, Coach McGee after that. Um, and then uh, pretty much Petrino was saying, hey, we want to offer you a scholarship. What do you think about that? And it was like, let's do it. <laughs> kind of like no hesitation. Right. Um, while this, all this was happening while signing day was going on, uh, I skipped out on my test. I don't even know if I ended up finishing my test. I left school, drove to my dad's elementary school where he um, he worked at signed my letter of intent in one of the classrooms and faxed it from that same classroom. Uh, never visited Arkansas until after I signed. Um, I remember when they were recruiting me, every time I planned a visit, it was bad weather. Uh, that was around the time when it was snowing a lot. So I had no idea. I couldn't tell you if Arkansas was on a map. <laughs> never been on campus. I just, the only thing I was familiar with was when they played against Florida and they almost beat them. Um, and I liked Bobby Petrino's offense. Um, he was the first person to offer my first, my older brother when he coached at Louisville. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, I pretty much trust the Sharp brothers uh, because they, they grew up in my neighborhood. They uh, played at the same Pop Warner place. Uh, they went to the same high school. So they was like, we're going to take care of you. So I, I just kind of took their word for it. Yeah, yeah, that, that's awesome. I, and that is a crazy story. Um, so, you know, you said it was a lot of to do with Bobby Petrino. So is that would say one of the, the, the main factor on committing to Arkansas? So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, uh, just I, I was a fan of his offense. Um, 
like I said, I didn't know much about Arkansas, but I knew their offense. I knew they had like Greg and Jarius and Joe. I knew they were all young when they were playing at Arkansas and they spread the ball around a lot. Um, and that's the, the main thing that I knew about them. Uh, I knew that they were planning to switch to Nike at that time. That was also a huge thing for me. <laughs> um, I always told people, like, when I was getting recruited, I, I have to go to a Nike school, yeah. which is kind of funny now. Um, but, yeah, the offense had a big role. And, like I said, the Sharp Brothers was probably the biggest thing um, that went into it for me. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, moving on a little bit. So, what was it like, you know, playing with, you know, three different coaches in your career? You know, we had Petrino here, and then, you know, he got let go due to some circumstances, and then John L. was in our interim, and then we brought in Brett Bielema in 2013. It was wild, man. <laughs> Those first two years, um, I mean, I don't, I'm sure you've heard stories. Those first two years, Coach Petrino, he's, he's not the nicest person, but uh, we knew we were going to win with him. Um, I still, I love him to death. Um, I still keep in contact with him even to this day. Uh, I'll text him every now and then. Um, I love that man. He pretty much, he instilled the confidence in me. He had more confidence in me than I had in myself, uh, probably even to this day as a football player. Um, but those first two years were wild. Um, I wanted to redshirt my freshman year. Uh, I was frustrated that entire year. Ended up having only two catches my freshman year. I think two catches my sophomore year. So I was definitely frustrated. Uh, talking to my parents every year wanting to transfer. Uh, I can admit that now. <laughs> uh, I, I, I just was, I was far from home and I was like, why, like, why did I waste a year? Um, right. Thankfully, my parents, they didn't allow me to. My older brother went to three schools in five years. So they, they told me I had to stick it out. Um, and then, I mean, we went to the Sugar Bowl and the Cotton Bowl and we won a lot of games. So that my junior year, uh, everything was looking great. Uh, I was in line to start beside Kobe and then for like hell broke loose. <laughs> we, we know that whole story and that whole situation. Right. Um, and then uh, Paul Petrino kind of took over the offense. Uh, we didn't really get along. Um, I I uh, ended up being Kobe's backup that year and me and him had a lot of conversations every week about kind of getting me more involved in the offense and yada, yada, yada and trying to keep everyone happy. But we lost a lot of games and it was just a terrible situation. The coaches knew they were on the way out. Um, I still wanted to transfer. <laughs> so uh, it, it was just weird. And then I remember um, I was at a basketball game when they they uh, they said that they were hiring Bielema and nobody knew who he was. <laughs> uh, I was actually uh, recovering from knee surgery or something like that. Uh, when I found out and my old receivers coach was texting me like, hey, make sure you take care of yourself. And I looked at my phone like, why are you texting me? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> so it was weird. Uh, coach B, he came from the Big Ten, you know, um, took a lot of getting used to. Um, it was weird. It was, it was a very frustrating year. I definitely acted out of character. Um, I can get into a lot of detail about that, but I tried to make the most of that year. Um, grew up a lot. Most people don't know that I played that whole season uh, with the high ankle sprain. Um, the first three games we won and then we lost the last nine. Um, I think the the Wednesday going into the Texas a week, I uh, sprained my ankle. I couldn't even walk. I, I didn't go to class the Thursday and Friday of that week, but I ended up playing that game the rest of the season. 
Uh, but it was just weird, you know, uh, just wanting to, to to be the head, the, the number one guy. It was my senior year. Um, learned a lot, but, uh, you know, looking back on it, I wouldn't change it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I recently listened to, you know, an interview with Joe Adams and, you know, he kind of said that people kind of called, you know, Petrino the sergeant. Is that kind of something that was around? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, how do I, I explain it to people. Uh, have, did you hear about the Louisville guy that was, uh, he tweeted something like, everybody knows Petrino, like nobody or whatever. Yeah. I remember that it was like a big article back then. Um, he treated everybody the same. Um, and I mean, you, you either love him or hate him for it. Uh, I, I, I knew that he liked me. Um, he was definitely a hard nosed coach, uh, but he was very uh, straightforward with me. And I definitely appreciated that from him. Um, he, a freaking football genius, like an offensive mastermind. Um, like, I, I will never forget the LSU game in Little Rock when Kobe went crazy. Uh, just how the how he sees things in his mind and, and it ends up happening is just it's crazy. Um, I have so much respect for his offensive mind and like the way he called plays and uh, even to this day, like it's funny because I still remember certain plays and all that good stuff. But it's like I have so much respect for him as a coach and how he how he gets the best out of his players. I was about to say the LSU game you're talking about. I think I remember was that that was the game where. Kobe had that catch right before half where the two defenders ran into themselves, right? They ran into each other. It was Z Packer. Uh, Kobe caught it. Jarius made those blocks at the end of the uh, to, like, make sure he scored. And Little Rock Stadium was rocking. Um, oh, I bet, yeah. And then, so, talking about that, so I know 2013, that, that's when we had Bielma come in. Um, and I know Pittman was there as our offensive line coach, you know, uh, how much interaction did you have with him when he was there on the whole line coach? Talk to that guy every day. He was one him, Coach Pittman, and my receivers coach, uh, Michael Smith. They pretty much kept me my my head focused. Uh, coach Pittman, me and him talk every single day. Most of the time, it was, "Hey, Herndon, come to my office real quick," and he would uh, he would show me some cars he was thinking about buying. But uh, I tell people all the time, like you can't help but like him. Um, he's a, one of the greatest guys I've ever met. Uh, he's a straight shooter. Um, he treats everybody with respect, treats everybody the same. Um, and he has just a, a great personality. Um, I've been waiting to get back on the hill so bad to, to talk to him now that he's the head man. Right. Uh, he's he's hilarious. Like you can't help but like him. Like I don't I don't think I've ever met a person that would say anything bad about him. Right. Yeah. And, and you know that's a lot of. Uh... What I hear, you know, he's a straight shooter. You watch his, you watch his get. What you, it's what you're gonna get. Um, so you know, what what did what was your I guess reaction? I guess when you heard he was gonna take over here at the university after we got uh, rid of Chad Morris. <laughs> it was super happy. I had heard some rumblings. I know like Swanson was big in like trying to put that in a fruition or whatever, and I thought it was a great idea. Um, I hated it when he went to Georgia. Hated it, uh, but he's outstanding O line coach. Um, he had who do he have? Um, Denver Kirkland and Skipper playing guards, and we had the massive O line. Um, but he he's awesome. Um, it was it was a great decision. Um, 
not want to get into too much on what I think he needs to change currently, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's a great thing the way he's doing for our program, uh, bringing some stability back. Uh, I love it. I hope he stays for the rest of his uh, coaching career. I agree. I know a lot of people have, you know, talked about it, and I know he's come out and said, you know, this should be his last job that he, if he leaves here, that he's going to retire. So, you know, that's always good to hear, and you know, I think he's you know, one of the most favorite coaches Arkansas has had in a while. Um, I think he's, the best part about that is he he actually, like, he sincerely means that. Um, I don't think people uh, take that into mind. It's just like they, of course, they'll say coaches will follow the money, but I just, I honestly believe that he he truly hopes that that's, this is his last coaching job. Yeah, um, I think a lot of people can see that, you know, he's very sincere about that. And, you know, you know, I think he's incredible, you know, with what he's done and how fast he's able to – have turned this, you know, program around in just, you know, two to three years that he's been here. Um, so going back to with some of the guys you played with, tell us a little bit about, like, what it was like playing with guys like Joe Adams and Greg Childs and Jarius Wright. Man, just watching them in practice every day was insane. Um, so, like, my uh, my Instagram handle is, like, herndino 19 um, I got that from Jarius and Joe. Uh, they they used to call me that uh, my freshman year, and I kind of just I was like, "That's pretty cool." Um, but just watching them, uh, that punt return uh, Joe had against Tennessee, the first person he made miss, yeah, that was my miss block. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I watch that, I'm like, "Dang, I hope nobody don't call me out on that." But um, it was it was crazy. Uh, just just watching them to go at it. Uh, every day in practice, like Jarius was the hardest working receiver I've ever been around. Um, Greg, before he got hurt, was in, like a monster. Um, and then Kobe, he was always my roommate in the hotels when we traveled for games. Um, so getting to know him, like he's I literally, he's literally like one of my brothers. Um, but it, it was great. Um, after after them, we were supposed to be the Fantastic Four with me, uh, Dreek, Julian, and. Uh, Wade, uh, obviously none of that didn't happen, but um, just learning from them, um, it was it was crazy watching them go at it every day, um, and I learned so much from them. I think just watching them made me a better football player. Yeah, definitely. That that's what I was gonna say. That I'm sure you had a lot that you were able to learn from your freshman and sophomore year while they were still here before they moved on, um, and you know I think that punt return you're talking about with Joe Adams versus Tennessee is going to, you know, stay up there as one of the, you know, best plays in Arkansas history that we've had in a while. You know, I just yeah. went back and watched it the other day, and it, it, it's incredible how, you know, he was just able to turn back field and turn back again and, you know, take to the house. It was just an incredible play. But um, I like uh, that. His Hogs Plus video of him explaining it, and I'm like, man, like, that dude was he was in the zone that year. I was about to say, yeah, I I that's I listened to that that the other day and you know it was talking about how, you know, he said, Imagine if I was returning punts all four years, you know. Right, 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 right. And so I know, um, let's I guess talk a little bit about your, you know, NFL career you had with the Chargers. I know you went in 2014 as an undrafted free agent and signed with at the time they were the San Diego Chargers. What was that like? Man, I can literally write a book. <laughs> so, um, it's man, I don't know why crazy stuff happens to me. So, uh, when the draft was going on, 
Um, my agent said I had a chance of going like late in the later rounds, Saturday. Like if, if I got drafted, it would be a Saturday pick or I would go undrafted. Um, San Diego was one of the teams that was higher on my list for like the undrafted uh, uh, targets or situations that would work out the best for me. Um, that Saturday, uh, my girlfriend at the time was actually graduating. Uh, so I was at her graduation. And I kid you not, I got like three or four phone calls from the Chargers, like, because they had that late, I think it was either sixth or seventh round pick. They had that pick and they they knew they were going to draft the receiver. And they kept calling me like, hey, just be ready. You know, some, we, we might we might make something happen. Like, and they called me at least three times. Um, and by the time their pick came, I was at Folk with a Child, I think in Rogers. Um, and I was watching the draft on my phone. At this point, I was just, I was getting all these texts from all these teams. Hey, we want you undrafted. And I kind of like was feeling disrespectful. Like, man, the draft's still going on. Like, what are we doing? Um, and I watched it on my phone when they drafted a receiver. And he ended up being my roommate <laughs> when, we, when I moved to high San Diego. But um, after the draft, I was disappointed. You know, I, every, every person that plays football wants to get drafted. Um, I knew it was a long shot just based on my college production, but I knew there was a chance. So after uh, Fogo the Child, I ended up going home and just taking a nap. Uh, but tried to be responsible. I kept my phone on loud just in case I got some phone calls. And I got I was getting blown up by my agent. Like, hey, the Chargers want to bring you in. They want to sign you as an undrafted free agent. Oh, you're leaving tomorrow. <laughs> so literally maybe two or three hours after the draft, I found out that I was going to San Diego after talking to them that whole day. Um, so it was crazy. Ended up coming out here um, and meeting my wife out here. That's why I'm still out here today. Uh, but it was weird, you know, uh, practice go out first year uh, and a half. Uh, a lot of, a lot to go into behind that. Um, finally got to play in 2015 and then ended up re-injuring my knee in 2016 and going on injured reserve. And then um, after that, my knee never really wasn't the same. Um, so I had the chance to go to the Cowboys, but um, San Diego was crazy, man. Um, met a lot of great people. I actually was at a, a Halloween party last weekend with the, for the Chargers, uh, still keeping contact with uh, like Keenan Allen and people like that. So um, it's wild, you know, it's a business at the end of the day. Um, yeah. So at, with your time with the Chargers, what, you know, who were some of your favorite players that you got to play with there? Like, you know, you know, Philip Rivers, some of those guys like that. Uh, my favorite players, first person that comes to mind, Malcolm Floyd, one of the greatest human beings I've ever met. Um, easily, he took us all under his wing uh, the day he met us. Uh, we came. My rookie class was like five receivers. He loved on all of us. Um, he's still like a big brother to me. Um, him, just the respect that him and Antonio Gates showed me by just being an undrafted nobody. Um, it just showed the character of those two people. Um, and I, I, I don't take it for granted at all. Uh, just because I know I still have that relationship with Malcolm. Um, like, I don't talk to him often, but I, I know that he he still reaches out to me and he, like, still checks in. I still check in on him, but he's easily one of the greatest human beings I've ever met. Um, and uh, he's one of the, the main reasons why I did enjoy uh, playing with the Chargers, for sure. 
So what was it like, you know, coming in as a rookie and, you know, playing with a veteran guy like Philip Rivers, you know, what was his presence like on the field and the practice field? Um, man, super loud talk, uh, trash talker, uh, nonstop talking. Um, he does not cuss. People always ask me that, like, does he really not cuss? You will never hear a cuss word out of his mouth. But he's the biggest trash talker you will probably ever meet in the football field. <laughs> um, he used to go at it with Eric Waddle every single snap. Um, they would go back and forth because they both knew what each other were doing. Um, but he was a, he knew he knew everything. He watched so much film. He could tell he could tell the O line like, hey, this person's going to do this by just by the way his his uh, by which hand he puts on the on the ground stuff like that. Um, the arm motions he used to come up with throwing the football. I mean, like I remember watching him throw a ball and he had that weird motion, but he like kind of side on it one day. And it went up like a rainbow and just dropped perfectly with Eddie Royal. Um, and that was like my wow, I made it moment, <laughs> like watching from the sidelines. Um, but like I feel like he has a chance to be a Hall of Famer, but it's not too many, not too many people can say they they played with like multiple people that have a, the chance to be a Hall of Famer. I feel like Antonio Gates should be a Hall of Famer as well. Um watching him work every single day. Like his feet never stopped moving. Um, he never stopped working. He always worked out after practice, before practice. Um, just so many little details that went into being a great player. Uh, they they showed you what it took to, to play at a high level. Yeah. So I believe if I'm correct, um, your, I think your last year there, um, you had a little overlap where Hunter Henry was a rookie, correct? Yeah. So yeah. what was it like having another Arkansas guy come in and was, be on the team with you? It was weird because my senior year at Arkansas was his freshman year. Um, and he was he started as freshman, like we knew he was going to be great. He was a stud back then. Um, and when he got drafted second round, I knew he was a stud back, like he was going to come in and produce. So it was crazy, like having that Arkansas connection, uh, just seeing his smiling face every day. Uh, he, uh, he always had that big smile on his face. And now he he got paid. He's with the Patriots, um, but it's awesome. Uh, I, we knew when he was a freshman that he was going to have a long NFL career. Um, just just from the moment that we saw him work out, uh, catch a football, like he he always had a super high ceiling, and it's, it's crazy to see him still going at it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So. Um, right here before we wrap up, let's do. I figured it might be a. Fun thing to let's do some picks for some big games this upcoming weekend. Uh, who you think is going to win? And so I got a few games for us to pick here. So um, biggest game I think of the weekend, I would say personally, uh, Georgia versus Tennessee. Who you got in that one? Man, I'm gonna go Tennessee. They're rolling right now. I, their offense is crazy. I don't know how that quarterback has the arm he has. His, the wide receivers go like way outside the numbers. Um, I'm gonna go Tennessee. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then we got Alabama versus LSU. Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. Six, I was about to say. Six, 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 twice the regular season. I was about to say that's what I was gonna say. I, I was actually talking to somebody at work today. They said, you know, I said, you know, there's no way Saban's gonna lose twice in the regular season. Um, uh, and then we've got Clemson versus Notre Dame. I'm gonna go Clemson. Uh, I think they bounced back pretty good the last couple of weeks. Uh, haven't watched much Notre Dame. Yeah. 
and then you know finally we can't we can't uh go through some picks here without you know talking about the Arkansas versus Liberty game you know we gotta go Arkansas <laughs> um I haven't watched Liberty I usually try to watch some of their games because like they were legit my number two school when I was coming out of high school I felt like I could go there and play football and basketball um a lot of people don't know that <laughs> um Obviously, I'm always going to go Hawks. Um, I'm curious to see how well Liberty plays because of how they play this uh, BYU. But definitely going Hawks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I know um, they, you know, I saw where the other day they just signed uh, Hugh Freeze to, uh, you know, a bigger new contract, you know. And he was a former SEC coach, so he knows how, you know, the league is, you know, when from his time in Ole Miss. But, you know, I think so. I think, you know, Arkansas, if they come in focused, they'll come in and, you know, do their thing and keep rolling on this last stretch of the season. Um, Need to limit the trick plays. <laughs> Please limit the trick plays. They never work for us. And just let KJ do his thing. As I say, yeah, let KJ do his thing and then feed Rocket the ball, you know. Uh, I know they mentioned uh, during the Auburn game, you know, they said they saw flashes of Fadden and I mean, you know, he's wearing number five for a reason. I mean, that's high standards you got to live up to. So, yeah. Mac is – he was – I actually uh, got to know him in Dallas. He's a really good guy. But for Rocky to be able to play how he is, and he was a high school receiver, like, that is so unreal to me. And, like, he's going to get drafted as a he, – he has a chance to be drafted pretty high as a running back. And that's – like, that's – I don't know – I think people realize how incredible it is. I was about to say, yeah, I mean, and coming from somebody that has that enough experience, I you probably have a, an eye for, you know, seeing guys that, you know, have the talent to make that next level. Um, is there any other, you know, Arkansas players that stand out to you right now on this roster that looks like they can, you know, make it to that next level? Man, you know, uh, I, I do believe so. I hope uh, Big Cat gets a chance, man. I was sad to see him get hurt again this year. Uh, I like Hasselwood. I really like um, – is that how you say his name? Yeah, Hazelwood. Hazelwood, Hazelwood. I, I really like um, Keetron Jack. I really like Keetron, man. I, I I hope he gets more involved. Um, I like Hazelwood. Uh, Nick Thomas-Smith, if you're familiar with him, he said he reminds him of Jarvis Landry, and I think that's a perfect comparison. Uh because I guess Hazelwood isn't as fast as I thought he would be, but he's really he's really uh, smart and efficient in the slot. So I, let's I say he it, seems like he's a very physical wide receiver too. After you know, after the catch. Yep, I like our what's our the center? I can't think of his name. I really like him. Um, I'm going blank on people's name. Poop ball. He's going to be a, a stud next year. Um, I think Bumper has – he's had a great college career. I think they're going to hate on him when it comes to getting drafted. <laughs> like, he's just a football player. Yeah. He's, he's I was about to say, I know this year – Football players, but I think, like, they don't fit the mold of what people see um, as football players. And I, I hope he gets a shot. But um, he's he's a dog to me. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know he, he came in he he broke the all-time tackle record, you know, this season, I think I believe it was the BYU game. You know, he 
that was one of the big reasons he came back, you know, to help and improve his draft stock. But I think that was a big thing for him was, you know, taking that all time tackle leading role for Arkansas. Um, I guess um, one last thing before we wrap it up here prediction, as far as what, what, what do you say the score is going to be for Saturday? <laughs> ah, man. Worst the win, we got to score at least 40 points. I'm, I'm going to say like 42-35. Okay. High-scoring game. Um, I know I, I talk a little bit about it in one of my segments on this podcast. You know, everybody knows Arkansas secondary is our weak point this year. You know, yep. a lot of injury. You know, hate to see Catalan go down. Um, Wilson Clark is, man, for him, I have so much respect for the football player he is. Um Obviously, like being realistic, you don't want your best DB to be a white DB. <laughs> uh, that's just being honest. Uh, just he's a, he's another guy, just a football player. Um, how, like how often do you see a white cornerback? And now he's our most reliable DB. They put him at safety. He's a huge fan of him. Um, he's one of those guys like he's earned Pittman's trust. Like, yeah, he's he's earned his trust even from when he had that three pick game. And like you can't help but put people like him on the field, because uh, you know he's gonna day in and day out he's gonna make mistakes like all DBs do. Um, but that trust factor is there, um, and you just know that he's gonna give his all. And man, like people like him, like they're big for programs because they show you like you don't have to be the best player, you don't have to be the biggest, the fastest, the strongest. Just be a good football player. Um, like. I remember teams like Clemson, they always talk about Clemson. Like, they don't always have the, the most four or five stars. They they go out to football players. And like, dudes like Hudson, he's a football player. Yeah. That's the type of people that Pittman go out there. He goes out to football players. Like he's going to have some dogs on the O-line, but he likes football players. For sure, for sure. I, I can't wait, man. I, I say, like, once his uh, recruiting class gets out of Georgia, I feel like Arkansas is going to be the number one uh, destination for O-line. Um, once yeah, for sure. Um, his, uh, his his guys in there. So, um, and then finally, you know, any plans to get back to Northwest Arkansas soon, maybe to a game yeah. or anything like that? Man, I've been making too many excuses for myself. Uh, this year, uh, I have a kid. I'm going to use that as my excuse. Uh, last year, uh, I wanted to, but I was kind of shook from COVID. But I just want to get back and be able to sit down and talk to Coach Pittman, man. Like, even if I don't make it to a game, like the respect and love I have for him, uh, I just want to be able to sit down and kick it with him as the head man. Uh, can't wait to see him and give him a hug. <laughs> I was about to say, uh, I'm sure he'd tell you his door's open. You know. Yeah, I can't wait to just give him a hug to see that smile on his face. Uh, looking forward to bringing my wife and my son uh, to a game for sure. I haven't been back since Luke Del Rio was the coach at Florida, uh, the quarterback at Florida. Um, I think that was the last game I went to, um, but definitely. Looking forward to being back. I miss it. Um, still got a lot of good friends there. So I'll be back. I don't know when for sure, but I'll definitely be back. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you know, thank you again, Javante, for joining me on this, you know, episode of Woo Pick Weekly. It's, it's my debut episode. You know, I appreciate you coming on and taking the time to, uh, you know, sit down and talk a little bit about your playing career and, you know, Arkansas and just giving your, us your takes on that. I, I appreciate you having me. Um, man, I miss it so much. Um, there's no place like Arkansas. <laughs> uh, people always ask, like, how it is there. And I always tell them, like, you are the NFL team there. And 
like the respect and and um love that the people from Arkansas show even now like I feel like I didn't do as much as I wanted to do there, but just the fact that people still reach out and show me love is like it, it shows you how important like the football team is. And um I, I just I, I appreciate you having me and um thinking of me and allowing me to share a little bit of my insight. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you know, wow, most likely, you know, we'll have you on again sometime later, you know. Um that's what I'd say, but yeah, you always gotta wrap the hog, you know, when you got it, no matter where you're at. After finishing up this episode, please make sure to support the Southern Boy Sports Podcast Network. The network includes Southern Boy Sports itself at SO underscore boy underscore sports on Twitter. The second to none podcast at SECOND underscore 2NUN on Twitter. And the Mid-State Weekly Show at Mid underscore State underscore show on Twitter. All of these shows bring solid college and high school info from around the nation. Make sure to follow each show and give them all a five-star review. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Whoopig Weekly.